I love the smell of napalm in the morning. I'm here tonight to announce my intention to seek the Republican nomination for President of the United States. Authorities searched the remnants of the American Airlines DC-10 that crashed in Chicago yesterday, trying to find the cause of the worst air disaster in the history of the United States. The Seattle Supersonics have won the NBA World Championship Series. The tri-state at this hour undoubtedly is still shocked over the chain of events that took place at Cincinnati's Riverfront Coliseum. In the stampede, 11 people were killed, eight others seriously injured. Rock music fans everywhere were shocked. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. All right, welcome back once again. Yes, indeed, it is the Decibel Geek Podcast. I am Aaron Camaro, joined as always by Chris Sinzak. How's it going, dude? It's going great, man. Here we are, episode number 79. And uh, this was a pure coincidence today on, on why... Uh, we wound up doing a year in review on 1979 right. in episode 79. We had already decided on the subject and that we were going to do another year in review because they're always so popular and everybody loves them so much. And we said, you know, what one should we do? And I let Chris pick this time and he picked 79. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that, you know, like a week or so ago, we realized how it, how the stars have aligned for this. Now, next week when it's uh, episode 80 and we're on part two of 1979, <laughs> it won't, yeah. The stars won't be aligned, but we hope right. you'll, you'll stick around and enjoy, enjoy us. Yes, enjoy us but today the stars are definitely aligned yeah. for us here. Yeah, so um, b- before we head back into time, we've got to uh, do a little business first. We've got to get Geek of the Week, and I'm excited to announce the Geek of the Week this week. Yeah. This this was a comment left by a listener on our Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash decibelgeek. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the, and we get great feedback from you guys all the time, I just, but this one stuck out as and we one, love it. one of the nicer pieces of feedback we've gotten. So um, this guy had recently got into the show, and uh, just, let me just read what he wrote. He says, uh, his name is Scott Patton, that's who Geek of the Week is this year. Or this, 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 this year, week. this week, Ugh. it's been a long <laughs> week for me, I'm sorry. Geek of the year. Um, he says, I love this podcast. I originally missed most of the music of the early 90s living up in the Rockies and ignoring all pop culture, so you guys are getting me caught up in that entire era. Nice. I've learned m- more than I ever thought I wanted to know about Kiss, and I'm actually <laughs> enjoying the hell out of it. Right on. I'm also getting a firmer appreciation for Anthrax, whom I saw in the early 80s but never really listened to much. Hmm. If you guys motivate one person to listen to Sad Wings of Destiny or Sabbath Sabotage for the first time, you've brought the world's consciousness to a higher level. Right on. Fine work, gentlemen. Keep up the great work. We are listening. And we know you're listening, and you guys are listening, and you're, you're getting involved on the Facebook page, and everybody's having a good time enjoying the conversation. Yeah. You know, the whole idea, we're creating a, lo- a local music scene with a worldwide audience, and you guys are on the case with us yeah. on Facebook, on Twitter, you know, on the website, www.decibelgeek.com. And everywhere you guys can express your heavy metalness yeah. with the Decibel Geek Podcast, and you're more than welcome to it. Yeah, we really love hearing from all of you. It's, we really it's, do. It's great. Good, bad, or otherwise, yeah. we love it. And most of the time, it's good. Right, like, you, you know, know. Hopefully, we'll keep our I mean, streak alive. After all, we are bringing the world's consciousness to a higher level. Yeah, my head swelled pretty big after reading <laughs> that, so I was very Very cool. Very Thank cool. you, we appreciate uh, Scott Patton. You are the Geek of the Week. Enjoy. So, um, all right, well, 1979, let's not beat around the bush. Let's... Uh, some facts about 1979. Okay. 
the average cost of a new house in 1979 was $58,100. Wow, not bad. Not bad at all. Average income per year, $17,500. So, you know, not too much different that, than today, huh? Yeah, yeah. I make a little <laughs> bit more than that The way things are now. going. <laughs> um, uh, cost of a gallon of gas, 86 cents. Damn. And wow. people were complaining back then about high gas prices. How nice. And a Sony Walkman you could get for $200. Right. This is cutting-edge technology in 1979. Yeah. And As a matter of fact, in 1979 is the first time a compact disc is ever, you know, released. It's a, really? Yeah, let me check my notes one time. I actually got a couple of notes here put together, and I, I do have this. Sony and Philips actually put together a joint task force of engineers to come up with a, a CD. It's based off Laserdisc technology, and as we all know, it would eventually eradicate the cassette. Yeah, it would. I still miss cassettes, so I liked them. Yeah, cassettes were cool, you know, but uh, CDs were great. You know, you didn't have to fast forward or rewind, or you wanted to get to a certain song, you didn't have to sit and say, mm, right there. Click. Right. Nope, not yet. <laughs> fast forward a little. Oh, no, I missed it. Got to rewind a little bit, you know? Exactly. Yeah. That sucked. But uh, and it was, I was doing research for this, and uh, I found a thing on YouTube, and I, I might play a little bit of it on part two of this, but... Uh, a thing, a report from Britain about a guy reporting about how amazing this amazing technology that these scientists in Britain are working on, that where you can use your phone outdoors and you can walk around with your phone. Yeah, and, yeah, it was just amazing watching how, you know, how fascinated they were that they could possibly do this. And it's amazing. Like, well, Nineteen seventy nine yeah. is a magical, mystical yeah. time. So, and it was it was a very transitional period. You Maybe know? not for hard rock. I was but. A, yeah, I was gonna say hard <laughs> for hard rock and metal things and rock in general. Things were changing quite a bit around seventy nine. It was a you know as typically you can always look point to the beginning and end of decades when things really start shifting a lot. Right. And this is no exception. Um, you've got you had basically. Because all through the 60s and 70s, rock was rock, and rock covered so many different bands. Right. But towards the end of the 70s and the end of the 80s, this is when everything started splitting into sub-genres. Everybody liked to label things different things. Sure, you had like punk rock and new, new wave, wave, and you know, even that's kind of funny coming yeah. in 79, because a lot of the lines between punk rock and new wave get, get blurred. Push him out. That's Good not Lord. my cat. You don't belong in here. You're the wrong cat. Get. <laughs> <laughs> we're totally keeping this all right let's go ahead and wow. go behind the curtain we have my windows open here at the decibel geek studios otherwise known as my house and we're painting the walls so in order to keep I aaron and i from you pointed it out in order to keep aaron and i from choking to death on noxious fumes from paint <laughs> i've had to keep the windows open i don't have a screen in this window so i'm sorry we'll get back to 79 in a minute a cat that's a friend of one of, of my cat, who's an indoor cat, uh, decided he was going to jump into the window, and he did, and it looks like my cat, so I think Aaron initially thought it was mine. I didn't even see the cat until you said something. And I'm like, push him out and the I window. I turned and looked, and all of a sudden <laughs> so... there's this cat sitting right in front of me. <laughs> okay. well, It had teeth and claws, man. <laughs> Peter, Peter Chris just jumped through my window. But all right. Uh, nice. All right. So get out of here. Let's get back to what what were we talking about? It, oh, was, it was Eric Singer. That's why I said you're the wrong cat. Oh, gosh. Go. Yeah, I can't, no, I can't wait for the emails for that. I'm one. just kidding. I love Eric Singer. I do, too. All right. So, yeah, music was changing. <laughs> new wave, new romantics, all that. Disco was on its way out. We'll get to that a little later. Right. There was a lot of stuff going on. So it, kind of a confusing time, but that's why part of why I picked this year, because it's interesting to hear who these bands are and what they became or what they would become later on. So, right. Well, kicking it all off on January 9th, there's a huge concert held by the United Nations General Assembly, and here's a taste of the bands that are, are hot and popping in 79. Mm-hmm. 
talking about what who was all there abba donna summers yeah. rod stewart earth wind and fire the bgs yeah all these yeah. bands that's what's huge right now in 1979 poppy, so poppy stuff it's a tough year so we're gonna rock and heavy metal so we're gonna play stuff by the bgs and abba and donna summer right mm, maybe some michael bolton but other than that <laughs> yeah we we'll, will we'll see <laughs> okay. we'll see all right so as we're saying we'll you know teasing. A, a lot of punk rock a lot of new wave and a lot of influence from other countries as we're about to find out Yep. You know, this was one that if you go back in the archives and listen, I actually promised to listen to this. I wanted to check it out because we did, I think, a covers episode yep. where we played the Anthrax version of, the, of this. And, you know, you knew who Joe Jackson was, mm -hmm. but I sure didn't. So I wanted to go back and check it out. That sucker's trying to get into my truck. I'm going to have to go beat him. OK, we're going to pause recording for just a second. OK, and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron did not kill the cat. I, I didn't kill the cat. I just chased it out of there. This cat, That's crazy. This is the cat he chased out of the house a minute ago or out of the window, and it, the cat jumped in the cab of Aaron's truck and looked like he was going to make a deposit. So I'm going to have to make a call to somebody. This cat's been following me around for weeks. So <laughs> we now know the location of Grumpy Cat. So Jeez. He's at my house. So where were we? Oh, yeah, talking about Anthrax, doing the uh, cover of Joe Jackson's. I'm talking about the song Got the Time. Right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, is it punk rock? Is it new wave? I don't know. You I know? call it like alt rock, I guess. Yeah, because in 79, like I said, the lines are pretty blurred. You know, from England, Joe Jackson. Um, the guy doesn't like the Anthrax cover. He calls it clumsy and kind of lumping. Well, I guess that's, I don't know what lumping means. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how good. seriously we should take Michael Jackson's father. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong Joe Jackson. Oh, it's Jackson. a different guy. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Joe Jackson. It ain't like slapping Joe Jackson. Slapping Joe Jackson. <laughs> so, so, so he doesn't white, like... White guy from England. So he doesn't like the Anthrax version. No. Uh, well, that doesn't surprise me. Most of his stuff is nothing like Anthrax. Right. A lot of saxophones and different horned But I thank him for giving us this version for Anthrax to cover. Yeah. Here it is. My my buddy's dad, when he used to hear us playing the Anthrax version, yeah, he thought he was saying "Chicken in My Head." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what "The hell's that Chicken in My Head" song?" I mean, it's a cool song, and that's their debut album. I look sharp, but yeah, I'll take Anthrax any day. I will too, any day of the week. Here's one. This is interesting. Uh, a band, a punk band from England, from England, called Generation X, uh, put out an album called Valley of the Dolls in 1979. This was their second album, produced by Ian Hunter, reached number 11 on the charts. But the most notable thing for us Americans is Billy Idol was right. the singer of this group. That's right. So um, it's kind of interesting to check this out. So this is more, you know, something to check out. This is Valley of the, Doll the Valley of the Dolls album. This is King Rocker by Generation X. Jail 
Billy Idol in the yeah. 70s. It's like punk rock, 70s Billy Idol. Almost uh, kind of rockabilly-ish, too. Right. Uh, guitarist James Stevenson in, would go on in 1994 to be a live extra guitarist for the Cults World Tour. Really? Yeah, good guitar player. And, uh, you know, Billy Idol will end up releasing his solo album in 82 and No More Generation X. Yeah. whole lot of Billy Idol. Yeah. A <laughs> whole lot of a Billy lot of, Idol. A lot in the 80s. Um, so if you're listening from 1979, there's a lot of Billy Idol in your future. Yeah, there is. <laughs> <laughs> We got, um, we got any other bands not from America? Yeah, another one is uh, Except put out their first album oh, yeah, they're in from 1979, Germany, Germany and uh, this is well before Balls to the Wall came out. And, the Deutschland. Um, so this is, they were relatively unknown at this time. Right. And um, it's a self-titled debut album, and uh, guitarist Wolf Hoffman remembered that the debut was simply just a collection of the songs that they had worked up during their formative years with no real focus. And uh, he's like, we were just playing the songs we'd always played, and it was material that had gathered up over the first few months and years of our existence well, as a, kind a of mixture. The, kind of the way it goes a lot of times with bands with their first albums. You know, they, they write a bunch of songs and as they're forming and playing live and getting it together, and so mm -hmm. obviously what are your songs going to be for your first album? Yeah. All the stuff you you've have. written up yeah. to this point. So awesome album cover. Yeah, the lady I love with the it. Chainsaw. Yeah, it's got a chick with a giant chainsaw on the cover. So very, very phallic. I like that. <laughs> this is a, <laughs> this is a definitely a less edgy version of Accept. This is a song called Tired of Me. Bad. Almost sounds like King Diamond on the background vocals. Kind of does, but you know, I like the vocalist in that. I mean, you can really Udo. feel the guy's emotion in it. You know, he's really a powerful singer. That yeah, guy. That's a uh, Udo. Heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who went on to scream his head off and a lot of other stuff. Right. So yeah, that's uh, except, and they're not super proud of that album, but you know, there's some good stuff on there. Sure, worth checking out. Yeah. Um, we got any bands from America yet? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Well, we're working our way well, through January. There was stuff that came out by American bands. Right. But, uh, yeah, there, there was a lot of... People were fascinated with European bands but, but during this time. Uh, another one was UFO. Yeah, yeah, UFO, great band from England. Yeah, and... Uh, they put out the Stranger the Strangers in the Night live album, which we don't typically play live albums during these shows, but this is listed by a lot of people as like one 
if not the one of the greatest albums of all yeah, time. Yeah, I do remember reading an article that uh, where Slash was interviewed, and he said this was his absolute number one, without a doubt, best live album he ever heard. Right, and you know, it was uh, this was the last concert recording they did with Michael Schenker before the reunion they did in '93. Right, and a lot of bands on live albums will go back and touch a lot of things up. But you were telling me something really interesting. Yeah, about they this. they left his tracks alone. They well, he was gone, so he right. did, he wasn't around to overdub them, and he. He himself has said he's not happy with his takes, but I mean, Michael Schenker's an amazing player. Yeah, it's his playing on this live album is just killer, and you can listen to it and know in your heart that's exactly the way it was played that night. Yeah, so check this out. This is a little bit of Dr. Doctor off Strangers in the Night. Yeah, I'd like to thank our good friend of the show, Eddie Trunk, for turning me on to UFO. Probably turned a lot of people on to UFO. Yeah, he I talks mean, about I, them was, constantly. I was always aware of them, but I never really listened to them, never really gave them a chance, but I like UFO quite a bit. Yeah, highly underrated band. Would love to see them come to Nashville. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, rounding out January, the Super Bowl. Big yeah. Super Bowl in 1979. The Pittsburgh Steelers defeat the Dallas Cowboys 35-31. But as good as the game was, it was the lead-up to the game and all the smack-talking going on. Yeah, they didn't like each other. Cowboys linebacker Thomas Henderson would be quoted as saying, Terry Bradshaw couldn't spell cat if you spotted him the C and the A. <laughs> it was very personal. It was a huge game because it was the, the first time a team would go on to win that many consecutive Super Bowls. Yeah. You know, so it was really on the line, and it was Bradshaw versus Staubach. And, you know, you think about today's halftime shows and how it's all, you know, media-orientated with whatever's yeah. popular, what's a huge, huge deal. deal. Yeah. In 79, the, the halftime <laughs> show was a collection of various Caribbean bands right. in Carnival. A salute to the Caribbean. Oh, good lord! <laughs> that reminds me in the eighties. Even during the eighties, they had like two years in a row. They did up with people for the sound for the uh, for the halftime show. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't this big a deal back in those days. So. Right. Well, well let's go that into takes February. yeah, that takes us out of January into February. And guess what? Yeah. Another band, not from the United <laughs> States. I'm talking about Germany's favorite sons. The Scorpions. Yeah. And what an album they come out with, you know. And I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I'm not a huge Scorpions fan. I'm not a fan of a lot of the stuff they've done, but 
This album is killer. In 1979, they come out with Love Drive. Now, it's the first album with Matthias Jabs on it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think most Scorpion fans, myself included, would consider that the quintessential Scorpions lineup. It's a great lineup, and it's a great album cover, it's too. A, yeah, the album cover is <laughs> awesome. You know, if anybody, if you haven't seen it, it's a man and a woman in the backseat of a car. They're dressed all fancy. You know, they're they're up-class people, you know, and, and she's got her boob sticking out. You know, her breast is exposed, and his hand is stuck to it with bubble gum. Right. What the hell's up with that? I don't know. It's just, it's one that makes you just look, look at it. But, of course, they said back then if you flipped the cover around on the backside, you'd get the, the full picture without the bubble gum. Right. Full booby. The way they like it. <laughs> in Deutschland. Right. In America, in 1979, not so we much. Were, we were more uptight. It's pretty much banned just about everywhere in the United States. We get stuck with boring black with a blue scorpion and the red <laughs> red logo on exactly. it. Exactly. And they had such awesome album cover, and we just couldn't, I don't know. We are oh. uptight in 79. But talk about great music, some of the heaviest stuff Scorpions ever did. Here's a nice taste of that, a tune called Another Piece of Meat. See, that's some that. heavy scorpions right there, huh? Yeah, I, w I, I wish they had kept doing some of that stuff into the 80s. That's you know? the great stuff right there. I think if somebody said, you know, what Scorpions album should I listen to, I think I'd tell them Love Driver every time. I mean, I know everybody will dispute that, but, you know, that's what the Facebook page is oh, for. Crazy World with Wind of Change. Yeah, all that. Yeah. Tease me, please me. Yeah. <laughs> I like the riff in that song, though. That's yeah, cool. there's some, I mean, for commercial rock, they're good. But, yeah, that Love Drive album, it stands Very up there. Very good stuff. Yeah. Um, let's see. Also in February 79, well, the Sex Pistols come out with their movie, The Great Rock and Roll Swindle, and with it, the soundtrack. But is it really the Sex Pistols? Uh-uh. Not really at all. They they basically, what they do, any Johnny Rotten you hear on there was his demo tape. And then the other band members went in and reworked the music to fit his. Because they were so dysfunctional? Yeah, it was wow. over. I mean, Johnny Rotten quit in 78. Right. You know, they only formed in 75. They they were, they, they burned, burned fast. fast. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah, they burned hard and fast, you know. But, uh, of course, in 79, they come out with that. And, you know, here's, here's a little taste that's going to tie in for a big news story in a, in a big time in punk rock. Off of that album, the great rock and roll swindle soundtrack, is a tune called Something Else. And it's with Sid Vicious on vocals. And we're going to talk about Sid Vicious, but go ahead and check this out quick. Someone 
You know, and Sid Vicious over the years has kind of become like the the iconic pitcher of punk rock in the 70s, you know. And it wasn't that he was a great singer, as no, you can hear. not at all. And it sure wasn't because he was a great bass player. <laughs> nope. Because he could barely play the bass, according to anybody that knew the guy or listened, oh, yeah. listened to the Sex Pistols. But he had the, he got it. He understood the gimmick of being a punk rocker. He lived the life. And he lived the life yeah. to the hilt, you know. And Until it, it made, killed him. It made him legit, you know. So in 1979, after, he, it's it's a whole crazy story with Sid Vicious. Yeah. Charged with murder of uh, Nancy Spungin is his crazy his Courtney Lovish girlfriend. You know, and there's a lot of debate over who actually stabbed her, you know, but you know, that's a whole long story for maybe a whole entire Watch episode. Watch the, the Filth and the Fury movie. Right. It'll give you yeah, the whole story. Totally. It's <laughs> it's pretty wild. Twenty two days later after that, Sid Vicious tries to kill himself. He's then arrested on December 9th in seventy eight, sentenced to fifty five days at Rikers Island. Not yeah, a nice not a place, place to be. No. Probably not in seventy nine. Pretty yeah. scary. Um on February second in seventy nine, Sid makes bail finally. Later on that day or the and, next day, and I think this, it was. this is what was reported. Rock star Sid Vicious is dead after taking an overdose of heroin last night. Police say his death was an accident. Vicious, real name John Simon Ritchie, left a New York prison only yesterday. He was released on $50,000 bail, charged with the murder of his girlfriend Nancy Spungen last October. His mother met him at the prison gates. Vicious went to a party to celebrate his release. Then, according to police, he took the heroin. He'd been having treatment to give up his addiction. Apparently, last night's dose was too potent. Well, and that's what happens when your whole mission in life is to be dead by 25. Yeah, mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. <laughs> now, where are the Sex Pistols from? England. England. 1979. We still I mean, haven't hit America yet. Right. We're getting there, though. We're going to do it now. Good. Okay. It's about time. Okay. <laughs> there was American music coming out in rock and roll there in was. 79. And, you know, we're all, we always like to take pride in playing stuff that you may not have heard, and... This is one, and I've had this album on vinyl for years, and um, I like this band, but definitely don't get enough credit, and they should have been bigger than they were. I'm talking about a band called Angel, who was also on, I believe they were on the Casablanca yes, label. Yes, they were. They were, they were. I think they were groomed by Bill Coyne, just like Kiss Weren't was. They dis were they discovered by Gene Simmons? I, they may have been. I'm not totally I sure. I know he had a hand in I'm, something with Angel. Yeah, they they had uh, the members, the Greg Gifria, I think is how you say his name. And oh, yeah. then uh, uh, Punky Meadows yeah. was in the band. And, you know, they were... I think it's Gafria. Or maybe Gafria. I don't I know. I remember he had a band just called Gafria. Right. I don't right. if we're saying it right. Not the not the greatest band name. But um, the uh, they put it's out... It's not a, a good name if you can't pronounce it. Right. right. <laughs> not for me. They put out a number of albums, and but they never really kind of made it over the, over the, the hill. But... Uh, I had this album, and it's, and it's called Sinful. It was originally titled Bad Publicity, um, and a few copies of it and with the different title and different cover were sold before they were replaced and changed it to Sinful. I guess having an album called Bad Publicity is, well, it's it's bad publicity. Yeah, getting what you asked for. So, yeah, but um, this song is called Wild and Hot, and I basically the, like, I, the way I like to describe this song is this is the greatest Cheap Trick song that Cheap Trick never did.
doctors define modern rock disorder as a sudden, intense drop in musical taste affecting all facets of the victim's lives and the lives of those around them. Over 20 million Americans suffer. Do you? The Decibel Geek Podcast offers new hope. The Decibel Geek Podcast, the only podcast proven effective for MRD. The Decibel Geek Podcast is not for everyone. People wearing skinny jeans that listen to Grizzly Bear, Vampire Weekend, and Animal Collective should not listen to the Decibel Geek Podcast. In placebo-controlled clinical studies, effects of the Decibel Geek Podcast were proven to counteract and defeat the effects of MRD in a majority of patients. Though some experiences may differ, side effects were minimal and resulted in the propensity to ask for and receive the best, a non-ironic appreciation for vinyl and increased testosterone. MRD hurts. The Decibel Geek Podcast can help. Visit www.decibelgeek.com to begin the road to recovery. Listen to the Decibel Geek Podcast on your iPhone, Android phone, BlackBerry, and WebOS phones with Stitcher. Stitcher's smart radio for your phone. Find it in your app store or at stitcher.com. Stitcher smart radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. Frank, it was an accident at the Three Mile Island nuclear power plant. A cooling pump broke down, and the plant did just what it was supposed to do, shut itself off. But not before some radioactivity had escaped. All right, we're back with the Decibel Geek Podcast in 1975, or nine, <laughs> yeah, what year is it? 1979, a little rocking review for you today. Yeah, that was the uh, little clip about the Three Mile Island uh, nuclear disaster. Scary stuff. <laughs> you know, we shouldn't never mess with any nuclear stuff. It's scary. Well, you got to be careful. Yeah, and so, Van Halen too, you know. Huge album. Handle that with care as well. Yeah, I, we we couldn't ignore that album. Big album for 1979. Yeah, awesome album. I mean, Van Halen, their second release. It's just it's an awesome awesome album collection of songs. We've heard them all a million times. It's amazing stuff. We love it. Yeah, recorded in three weeks. Was it? Yeah, wow. only took them three weeks to rock that one out. Amazing. And then the new album took how many years? <laughs> <laughs> Not bitter or anything. They had it all together yeah. in '79. All right. So, Let's see. Good American band, but guess what? Back again from England. Well, here's a band that doesn't follow the trends. They do their own thing always, and we play a lot of them when we do these years in review because... They put an album out every year. <laughs> and that's what, that's what I love about them, and they're always good. You know what you're getting when you pick up an album by Motorhead. You, and in 1979, you were picking up Overkill. Do you think maybe Lemmy had like the forethought and was like, you know, there's going to be this podcast that comes out so many years down the road, <laughs> and they're going to do all these years in reviews, and I know how I can guarantee that right. I get played on every damn one of them. Yep, I will keep my name in the <laughs> news always you know by yeah. having an album out every year nobody can do a year in review without mentioning me now exactly beautiful <laughs> so. if that's the way it worked well done sir well and, done and you can listen <laughs> to any motorhead song from any period and it all sounds the same and it's always gonna rock here's another one with an awesome album cover it was it's very metal it's the logo but it's like ex exploding from within you know it's overkill of power of metal, and that's what this is. In 1979, these guys aren't playing with disco, and they're sure not new wave or punk rock. These guys are Motorhead, and they're heavy metal. Here's a taste for you. You know it, you love it. It's Damage Case.
See, you just can't go wrong with Lemmy and Motorhead. It's that's the whole thing's an amazing album in '79. Stay clean, tear you down. The title track "Overkill" is a heavy metal masterpiece. Yeah, and great it, album. As I said, you can you can hear that during any era of the band, and it sounds perfect. Exactly. So, yeah. so that brings us into April. Yeah. Um, quick news story I wanted to mention from <laughs> April. On April twentieth, four twenty, no less. Um, <laughs> President Jimmy what Carter. Coincidence is uh, attacked by a swamp rabbit while fishing in his hometown of Plains, Georgia. Now, I didn't know that such thing existed as a swamp rabbit. Well, you know, and it's one of those things where, you know, it's it's 1979. I'm sure the president's going to get out on the boat. It's 420. He's going to smoke <laughs> smoke him a couple of doobies, you know. Oh, that was his brother Billy. And, oh, yeah. Well, he's probably got Billy with him, and all of a sudden they see this thing swimming towards him. They swear it was a swamp rabbit. A <laughs> swamp rabbit. Swamp rabbit. A ginormous rabbit. I saw that on Wikipedia, and I was like, I have to mention this, don't I? Um, yeah. Okay. Journey came out with their fifth studio album in April of 79 called Evolution. And this was uh, produced by Roy Thomas Baker, very famous producer. It's pretty wild to think that as big as Journey was in the 80s, that, you know, in 79, they were already up to their fifth studio album. Yeah, because the, well, the pre-Steve Perry stuff is much different than everything that came after. Right. Um, you know, Neil Sean and uh, Greg Raleigh both came from Santana, and they came from a jam band type mentality. And they were putting out records, but it, they just weren't selling quite the way they wanted to. Right. And they, then all of a sudden, Steve Perry shows up on the scene. And, and it's like a whole different band. Yeah. You know, they, be, they go from being like a yes-type band to being more like a, a cheap-trick-type band, where they're playing poppy singles. Very songs. melodic. Yeah. And uh, this song's no exception. This is from Evolution. This is Do You Recall. dig that i yeah, really do it's not bad you know aptly titled album evolution because this is kind of what journey would go on to become and you know very successful with it yeah that's i mean that was the formula they laid out and then um that was before jonathan kane came on board then the when jonathan kane joined on after greg raleigh left then the ballads really yeah. got amped up a lot so that's where open arms came from they made a lot of money off a those love ballads <laughs> yeah um well i couldn't uh, go without playing one of my new favorite bands. I know you love this band. I'm, I'm over the last year or so. I've been on such a thin Lizzie kick. It's not even funny. I mean, just so much of their stuff I've really gotten into, and it's just one of those bands that I ignored during childhood because I was too wrapped up in a lot of the '80s stuff, you know. Yeah. So now the '70s are kind of like a, a new thing for me to get into. I, I, it's weird growing up a Kiss fan, you know, because as fun as it is being a Kiss fan. When you're really into them, you almost become obsessed to where you That's all there you don't is. pay attention to other stuff, yeah. you know. So it's like now I'm kind of going back and learning about all these bands that I missed the first time. Good deal. So uh, Thin Lizzy in 79 put out Black Rose, a rock legend, and um, this was their ninth album. They put out wow. a lot of material. Is their most successful album. Yeah. Um, 
it also was the first time that Gary Moore was in the band long enough to actually record with them. I mean, he had been with them in 74 and 77. I'm not sure what the story is behind that. One, some of you diehard Thin Lizzy fans tell me. I don't know a lot about the history of the band, so let me know why it is that Gary Moore was in and out of the band so much. I'd that be interested in knowing that. But, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of great songs on this album. It's great from start to finish, but this is a song called Toughest Street in Town. I like that. Yeah, that's great stuff. That's really good. That's good. Also, real quick, um, those of you that are into Thin Lizzy, I don't know, and I'm not a purist, obviously, because I'm just new getting into them. Um, some of the remaining members of the band are doing a new project called Black Star Writers, and but it's very much a Thin Lizzy type project. And they uh, they released a clip for their the first song off of it, the new album. Yeah, sounds a lot like old school Thin Lizzy. That's really cool. good. Definitely called, worth checking out. Yeah, called Bound for Glory. And I'm happy that they're not using the Thin Lizzy name. They're trying to respect that. Yeah, so. and I can respect that too. Yeah, a lot of bands that should do that don't. So oh, kudos not, to them. Say we're not getting into that, are we? Nah, <laughs> not to, not tonight. We're too busy talking about 1979. And I'll tell you, as as tough it was as it was for hard rock music in 1979, they were coming out with some pretty killer movies. Sure. Give you the quick rundown of the top ten movies in 1979. At number ten, the James Bond movie Moonraker. Right, that was man. a good one. Uh, number nine, The Jerk. With oh, Steve. that's a great yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Was, that was, I love that movie, <laughs> The Jerk. Uh, number eight, ten. Remember that Bo Derek? I remember the remember uh, Bo Derek? I remember the cover of the VHS. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. the chick with the blonde hair. I don't hair know that I ever. I don't know that and, I ever saw the movie. I do remember seeing the cover for it. I though. remember seeing pictures of her and posters yeah. and magazines and just being like, "Wow!" I mean, she. I think she wins the award as hottest Hottie chick of, the year. of 1979. It's got to be Bo Derek. Yeah. Uh, number seven, the Muppet movie. Yeah, that was I awesome. To, I, I remember. I remember that movie. I mean, we were little kids, but I definitely remember that. No. Uh, number six, Alien. Oh, yeah. You know, in retrospect, what an awesome movie. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge one that year. Number five, Star Trek, the motion picture. Yeah. They first come out with the first Star Trek movie. You heard a clip of it at the top of the show at number four, Apocalypse Now. Yeah, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Rocky Two comes in at number three. At number two, the Amityville Horror. Oh, wow. And number one, Kramer versus Kramer. Ugh. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, see, that's funny to me. I mean, that list to me is awesome all the way up to, you get to, number, to one. number one. Yeah. Um, some other things to mention, uh, honorable mention movies, Meatballs with <laughs> Bill Murray. There's a timeless I classic. love that one. That's a great movie. Uh, the Black Stallion comes out. I remember that. The Who movie, The Kids Are All Right. Yep. Uh, Rock and Roll High School with the Ramones. Oh, yeah. Gotta that's love that. One. That had to take place in Wisconsin. It's Vince Lombardi High School. Oh, well, that, then, yeah. That tells me it's gotta go. be, it had to have taken place in Green Bay, right? <laughs> Um, Monty Python comes out with Life of Brian. A great movie. Uh, Mad Max. Oh yeah, I love Mad Max. When I was a kid, oh I love Mad that Max movie. and the Road Warrior. I remember. Both yeah, of them. yeah. I uh, remember Scavenger Hunt. 
Mm-mm. What is that? That's you should check that out. That was one of those campy late seventies comedies too, kind of along the one. lines of Meatballs and the Jerk and stuff like that. Uh, Phantasm, remember the crazy? Oh silver yeah, ball? the tall man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in nineteen seventy nine, production begins on The Empire Strikes Back. Star Wars mania running wild the, in nineteen seventy nine. The best Star Wars movie. My, I agree with that. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah. those are your movies in nineteen seventy nine. Oh, and also Caligula. Caligula. You ever seen Caligula? No. Oh, my God. I know the story enough to know, but uh, yeah, who's it in w- that? It was a movie. I think it was the first movie that was rated X, if I'm not mistaken. because it Probably was, was. I think it was produced by, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was produced by either Hustler or Penthouse. It's got Malcolm McDowell in it, and it's mm. it's the most insane movie ever made. I'll have to check that so out. So there you go. That's I'm telling you, the most insane movie I'll ever Netflix made. I'll Netflix it. <laughs> Caligula. <laughs> okay. Well, one more song before we go to the next break. Um, there's a we always love to talk about Kiss. So uh, this yeah, is yeah. another Kiss related uh, band that came out in 1979. It is 79 after all. Yeah. Um, former guest on the show for one of the Vinnie Vincent specials, Hirsch Gardner, was in a band called New England right back on. in 1979. And uh, they were discovered by Bill Coyne. So Bill Coyne was, boy, he was really uh, scouting talent back. Yeah, in those he days. was. I mean, that if you, I remember reading in uh, Chris Lent's book about the this time, you know, and how big Kiss is and how much money's coming in, and right. how Bill Coyne's now all, all of a sudden he's got the big office and he's got all these bands under his belt. Yeah. And New England's one of them. Yeah, he was going out trying to find the next big thing. Um, they put out a self-titled debut album, and uh, the album was produced by Paul Stanley and Mike Stone, who did a lot of Queen stuff. So they had, you know, big names on here. Um, They opened for Kiss during the Dynasty Tour. And let me give you guys a sneak peek. In a couple of weeks, you're going to hear some interesting stories about the Kiss Dynasty Tour. That's all I'm going to say. With a special guest. So start trying to figure out who it is. Tease. Yeah. Um, But uh, they opened for Kiss on the Dynasty Tour. And as I mentioned, Hirsch, the drummer, was on the show uh, with us talking about Vinnie Vincent. And the reason for that is after New England dissolved, after a couple more albums, um... A couple other members of the band, Gary Shea and Jimmy Waldo, they joined a band called Alcatraz that some of you have certainly heard of. Right. And her start started working with Vinnie Vincent right before uh, he got together with Kiss. And some of the stuff that Hirsch did with Vinnie wound up on the Vinnie Vincent Invasion album. So and you are a walking Kisscyclopedia. 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 You just coined a new term. I better go trademark that fast. Yeah. Before, oh, before too late. Gene got it's it. It's already gone. Or Vinny Gene got or it. Or Vinny got it. <laughs> but um, yeah. So New England put out uh, their self-titled debut, and this is probably the the biggest hit off of that album. This was "Don't Ever Want to Lose You."
Want to be a member of the Decibel Geek Army? You slimy scumbag, get on your face and give me 25. Join us on our fan page at facebook.com slash decibelgeek. Broadcasting live from Lenny's Mole, you're listening to the Decibel Geek Podcast. year in review would it be without the rod wow yeah you're listening to the decibel geek <laughs> podcast and yes we do think you're sexy <laughs> we just wanted to tell you yeah. every time i hear rod stewart it. i think of a trip i took with a friend and his family when i was in high school and they played rod stewart cassettes most of the way down and oh wow my best friend constantly complaining do we have to listen to the rod the whole way to florida <laughs> <So>. <laughs> the rod but you can't deny him in 1979 it's huge yeah. the, the rod is huge in 79 <laughs> oh. <laughs> and visiting the hospital but let's not Yikes. get into let's not get into rumors um real quick want to um mentioned the phone number that we have yeah uh, we've got our own little hotline set up for you of course you know it if you've listened before 540-DB-GEEK-1 or it's 540-324-3551 and yep. we've been talking about you know we like to do these rock and review shows for you you know years in review and uh we always like to take suggestions so why don't you call that number and tell us what year we should do next and yep. why you know and okay. do your homework because we've already done some years so we don't want to hear no repeats yeah for any of, and also for any of you smart asses that are going to call in and say you should do 1926 and you know fuck off in advance <laughs> so but yeah don't tempt us yeah something <laughs> no, no we're not doing that <laughs> i want to get some time. of our listeners yeah so uh all right what month are we going into now let's see where are we oh we're going into may into may Wow. Well, here we go. Here's a big rock and roll news story coming at you. It's it's a bird. No, it's a plane. No, it's 1979. It's Super Kiss. Yeah. Kiss uh, went full force into family entertainment in 1979. Man. Of course, I guess Kiss Meets the Fam of the Park the year before didn't mm-hmm. help. But uh, they, they really tried to launch themselves as a... A real brand in 1979 with with the whole Super Kiss concept with right. flashy new costumes, a lot more color. Yeah, they're coming back off the solo albums, yeah. reuniting. Well, yeah, and three out of the four anyway. Right, and you know, it's it. I was talking to to Aaron, you know, after we did uh, an interview the other night with somebody about how kind of an interesting juxtaposition. That's a big word like gymnasium. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, how Kiss had one of their most massive hits with i was made for loving you in 79 with right. the, from the dynasty album yet at the same time a lot of their diehard fan base was like uh-uh i'm done right exactly you know and i can attest to that because my uncle bruce was a big kiss fan and when he you know he liked the young you know hard edge hard rock kiss you know and, and i agree with that 100 mm-hmm. percent. but him living through it at this age being older you know, saw how Kiss was changing and was like, and did get to the point where it's like, that's for little kids now. You know, that's not for me anymore. Right. And you know what? It's kind of understandable. 
Yeah, but you know, as somebody who got into the band in the '80s, so it's interesting to go back in time and listen to the stuff. Yeah, there's still uh, some damn good I, hard rock songs on this album. One of the things I love about Kiss is they did try so many things because it gives you a variety. There's always something for any mood with Kiss that you can listen to. Right. And um, so Dynasty comes out in May of '79, produced by Vinnie Pontia, who did Peter Chris's '78 solo album, also produced Ringo Starr. Comes from a more commercial background. Right. It's kind of strange to me that you know it's seems like Vinnie Poncia coming in would be like a Peter Chris choice, but yet Peter Chris doesn't even well, play on the album. But yeah, because other than Dirty Loving or Dirty, Dirty Living, I think the story goes that Peter pushed for Vinnie to be on the album. Was like, I'll quit the band if you don't put Vinnie on the album. And Gene and Paul were like, Okay, fine, we'll do it. But I think they wanted to tap into his like, commercial sensibilities. Anyway. And the but the weird irony is that Vinnie Poncia comes in, and uh, from what the story goes. Didn't think Peter was up to snuff to play on their album. Yeah. So he got they got Anton Fig to come on board and play drums. Who's more than up to snuff? Oh, great! great Anytime, drummer. anywhere. Yeah. I mean, just watch him every night on David Letterman. The guy's yeah. an amazing drummer. Um, so it was a popular direction for Kiss. They did, as I said, with "I Was Made for Loving You." There's some disco-inspired stuff on here. Give them credit; they did it well. They did, and, and it was uh, a huge hit. But I wanted to play kind of an oddball choice off of Dynasty. This is a track that Gene did, and the song is inspired by Howard Marks, their business manager was making fun of Gene and how he talks about himself all the time with his, <laughs> his huge ego. Like, what is my charisma? What is it that makes me so awesome, basically? Yeah. And Gene was like... Tell me. And he was laughing at Gene, and Gene's like, no, that's a great idea for a song. Oh, Lord. So here's Kiss with Charisma. One of only a handful of Gene songs on this album. He wasn't is it heavily involved. I think Diana Ross or Cher may have had something to do with yeah, that. Yeah, he was a little distracted in 1979. He's hanging out in the in the clubs and yeah. discotheques. This is the early days of him going Hollywood, really. <laughs> you know, and here's something else I'll say about Dynasty and even the you know the uh, unmasked album that would be forthcoming. You know, when you talk about Kiss drummers, you talk about Peter Chris, you talk about Eric Carr, you talk about Eric Singer. Mm -hmm. But, you know, a lot of times because he wasn't an official member of the band, Anton Fig kind of gets left out of that. But, you know, even on that track, you can hear the power in the drumming. And, yeah, you know, you got to put Anton Fig right up there with the best Kiss drummers of them all because Anton Fig brought a lot to those albums. And, you know, the casual fan knows Dynasty as the disco Kiss album. But there's Kisco. some there's some fantastic you better patent that real quick. Oh, it's gone. Yeah. It's gone <laughs> yeah, already. Gene, Gene got it. Um, you know, there's with Ace Fraley, you know, there's some amazing guitar playing. And there's a guy that resisted the disco and the kitty band stuff. Ace Fraley releases and, and plays and performs some amazing stuff on Dynasty. Yeah, he's a he's a big part of that album. And yeah. I think his solo album kinda helped bring people 
you know, gave him a little more of, confidence. Yeah, in so himself, he which you know, is started good. writing more. Um, of course, they created a monster then because then he's like, "Well, I don't need you guys." Right. Um, so I'm ready for a new Ace Frehley album. Yeah, me too. By the way, well, it, about twelve more years, you, you should get one. Yeah, I hope not. But um, one band that uh, is sorely overlooked is uh, from 1979 is Riot, who I didn't know a lot about. The only thing I really no, remember, the only thing I really remember of Riot was. Going back to Kiss, I had the, one of those Japanese Music Life magazines from the Japanese tour they did. Yeah. And Riot is pictured, uh, they were the opening act, I guess. So there's a number of pictures of Riot hanging out with Kiss backstage. But I never knew a lot about them. I know that uh, I, I started checking them out more last year because uh, the guitarist Mark Reale passed away last year. And uh, Eddie Trunk had, you know, done a lot of tributes to him. And uh, so I was like, oh, I'm going to go check into some of their stuff. And so for this uh, this episode, I was like, well, they put out this album called Narita in 1979. Is their second album. And the album cover is really weird. It features, it looks like some kind of animal head over on the top of a sumo wrestler's body <laughs> holding a sickle in a graveyard of skulls while like a Japanese bomber plane flies overhead. Album covers in the 70s were awesome. Well, well, except for Dynasty. There was a lot of drug use in the 70s, so I think we can put two and two together there. Ah, okay. Yeah, so that... that, that Drugs equals artistic. Apparently. It's creativity. It's a stimulant. Or they right? thought it did. <laughs> but, uh, I love this. This, kinda, this sounds kind of old school Aerosmith-ish to me. So this is Riot with Do It Up. I like that. Kicks ass, doesn't it? I never really listened to Riot before, but that makes me want to go listen to more. Yeah, I'm going to check out more. And As we always mention, we put the Amazon store links to all these artists in the show notes. So if you like what anything you hear, go on there and buy some of the stuff. Folks. Absolutely. We encourage you to, to support these bands and these artists that we all love so much. You yeah. know, we, that we're here celebrating this music, so you know, support them in any way you can. Mm -hmm. uh, we're rocking through May. There's a lot of good bands coming, coming out at this time in 79. Man, we've had four American bands in a row. Yeah. Nice. This is number four right here, and it don't get more American than this. I'm talking about good old Uncle Ted Nugent. Totally uncontroversial. Uncontroversial. All this guy wants to do is rock and roll in 1979, and he does it very well. This is his fifth studio album since splitting up the Amboy Dukes in 75. Uh, and in 79, comes out with State of Shock. Mm -hmm. um, the album... It's got just stellar guitar work. The whole thing, just through and through. It's Ted Nugent, the way you love him. The way, you know, not all the other political BS aside, just kicking ass and rock and rolling. Great songs off this album, um, Bite Down Hard. Yeah. The title track, State of Shock. And the single was I Want to Tell You, which was a Beatles cover. Oh, I don't think I've even heard that Very one. interesting stuff, but I'm not going to play that for you. This is a hard rocker right here. It's called Paralyzed. Paralyzed. 
Motor City Madman, rocking it out in 1979. You know, you talk about, you know, things that are all American, you know, like like Ted Nugent. You know, Ted <laughs> Nugent's all American. You know what else is all American? Mm. McDonald's. Yeah. You know, and McDonald's, they're smart. You know, even way back in 1979, they say, how can we get little kids to just want to come here? You know, you any little kid you know, they want to go to McDonald's. Where do you want to eat? I want to eat at McDonald's. Why do you want to go to McDonald's? Because they give you a toy with your food. Right. And where did this genius in marketing come into play? In 1979 yep. with the introduction of the Happy Meal. Yep. On June 1st, 1979, the first Happy Meal was sold. That's right. And in related news, obesity begins to be recorded. <laughs> exactly. And shortly a few years later I'm than sure that. there's no connection at all. <laughs> yeah. How can we get little kids to start eating crap food? Right. Exactly. Oh, let's lure them in with, with crappy little plastic toys. <laughs> exactly. Ay, ay, ay. 1979. Gotta love it. <laughs> Um, got more rock music coming up for you. We're coming to the end of part one of 1979. I know everyone's going to say, oh, man, you know, you, you guys didn't you missed some stuff. You didn't get to well, We always got part two coming up next yeah. week. So you guys just hang tight. I just wanted to slip this one in really quick. I know this isn't real decibel geekish. I don't know if that's the right proper terminology, I like but it. but it is cool. It's very cool. In 1979, we got a little band called Paul McCartney and Wings. Paul McCartney, known from a little band called The Beatles. Yeah, everybody knows The Beatles. You think you know? Oh no, these guys are going to play Paul McCartney and Wings. <laughs> but wait, check this out. In 1979, he comes out with an album called Back to the Egg, mm -hmm. and it's his way of just getting back to. The egg? I don't know. Yeah, he wants to get back to basic. <laughs> rock and roll and what is the result is some pretty heavy stuff for paul for mccartney yeah. yeah so check this one out it's a cool uh, cool tune called spin it on Isn't that awesome? Yeah, I think it's one of the best things I've ever heard him do. It, yeah, I, I agree 100%. When we were doing re the research for so, 79 Part 1, I was like, well, it's so you know, different like, for him. I, it's 79. It's Paul McCartney. I, I owe it to at least check it out. Yeah. You know, it is Paul McCartney. That's rock and roll royalty in my eyes. So I owe it to at least check it out. And I hear this song, and I'm just like, <laughs> 
holy shit you know that's paul mccartney that's as punk rock as he ever got it's very cool i like it a lot you know and if you never thought you'd hear paul mccartney on the decibel geek podcast (laughs) it's now time for michael bolton yep yeah that's right in 1979 a band called blackjack and yeah you're right lead singer michael bolton yep ladies man with fabio uh, of rock yep with former guest of the decibel geek podcast bruce kulik on the guitar and his sexy, sexy mustache. His porn stash. Oh, it's it's a the most beautiful mustache ever. It's it's the Hostetler before the Hostetler. <laughs> what a mustache! Well, calm down. Don't get too worked up over. I that. would. I'm thinking about growing one like that. <laughs> and you can double it as a broom. Yeah. But you know, yep, you're right. Bruce Kulick and Michael Bolton team up as a band called Blackjack. You know, and there's no doubt about it. This is Michael Bolton singing. Another oddball uh, kiss connection. Yeah, the uh, bassist was Sandy Gennaro, right? Who actually played bass on some of the tracks on Creatures of the Night. Really? Yeah. Very weird. Yeah. I guess we'll maybe everything comes back to Kiss. Maybe in an upcoming episode, we can talk about other people that have played bass with Kiss that went uncredited. Yeah, there's a handful of them. We'll see. Um, Spoiler alert. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So here is Blackjack with Michael Bolton, Bruce Kulick, and his glorious mustache. Check this one out. It's called Without Your Love. If, if he would have just left Otis Redding alone and stuck with stuff like that, I could have stomached him a little bit better. Right. Because, I yeah. mean, that's, that's some good vocals. Right. And it's a, it's a solid rock song, you know, and it's not yeah. the, the flashy playing that you'd hear from Bruce Kulick, you know, mm-hmm. on Asylum or Crazy Nights or anything. But it's a good, solid rock song. And, you know, it fit the time in 79. Yeah. there's a, And there's an interesting... Uh, promo film of blackjack it's like a 10 minute long promo film with like the record company guy and everything it's, yeah it's quite funny to watch and there's some videos available too of, of blackjack yeah. playing and, and making actual videos because mtv you gotta remember is right around the corner from yeah. 1979 these bands are gearing up for it they know what's coming so yeah around videos. this time is when videos start being you know really kind of concentrated on a little bit because they're they're prepping for mtv and you can see bruce kulik and all his mustachioed glory <laughs> in these videos and he's a hell of a guitar player and he's our buddy so yeah. you know we couldn't do the show in 79 without including bruce kulik you yeah know, so and we hope you've enjoyed this uh, look at the first half of 1979 yeah we've got one more song coming up but before we get to that we want to remind everybody of course the phone line you can call us up at that it's uh 540 <laughs> db geek one that's it 540-324-3551 i've actually memorized you've got it, it memorized right. wow what a pro so yeah call us and yeah, let us call know us what up. year we should do next let us know the year let us know you know 
know, we were just, we're still talking about doing the request show coming up. Yeah. You know, it's there at your disposal for whatever you want, as well as the Facebook page. You, yep. you can always find the conversation going on there, and you know, check out all the great articles being written on our fa- on our actual website, yep. the official decibel geek podcast website www.decibelgeek.com and um i know a lot of you're gonna think well mm. you know the first half of 79 had a lot of albums that you guys didn't talk about well we're right. gonna talk about some of the stuff we missed on the bonus track this week right. which you can find on the facebook page for the link it's a it's a soundcloud thing we do only right for it's a it's a facebook exclusive so right. you have to like us on facebook in order to get to get the link to the soundcloud and right. you know it's usually off the cuff we're battling you know cats coming cats into the window. and all that <laughs> good stuff so it's worth checking out so get on the facebook page like us become our friends and we love you for it all right well our last track of the day was a huge hit but it it was huge but it rocks and we have to we have to go out on that one yeah there's a lot of times we want to play like the backtrack stuff the deep stuff the stuff you haven't heard before but i don't think in 1979 you can get away with not playing this one is it it, they're, they're from the United States. They're from Los Angeles. The band's called The Knack, and this is their debut album. It's called Get The Knack, and yeah, you know what song I'm talking about. It was, the number, it was a number one hit single in the United States. It was huge in Canada. Huge. Went four times platinum in Canada. Here you go. Going to round it out today, 1979 Part 1 with My Sharona. See you next week. See ya.